When are we going to tell people who the special guests are? When when is when it? When they show up and then after <laughs> because they missed it. Sorry. And you weren't fucking there because you were like <gasps> I feel I'm like serious. I'm here- serious. No, I'm not. They're not if you if, if we're not enough for you to show up, then we need to know that. I'm not even kidding, Casey. Like if you can't like if you're like I would come, but oh, now that I know that Sarah Bareilles is going to be there, not don't know if she is, but like now I'm going to buy tickets. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. Your, your participation. You want a loyalty In test. our life. Yeah. Is not predicated on other people. You want this a pledge about, of allegiance. Yeah. This is about the relationship between <laughs> us, not the relationship between us and one other person. Yeah. That you like better than us. <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry I'm late. I went to work out again and I threw up again. I think that work gets too hard. I can't do it. It's very the biggest hot loser. Like I feel I don't want to I don't want to vomit working yeah, out. Yeah. I feel like on the biggest loser people vomited all the time too it would, and It's what is that? Why do you throw up when you work out? I don't get it. I don't what know. Happened I I also think me. that a lot of um military people when they go to boot camp throw up and they always but, just tell them like throw up and keep going but i don't i by the way the last time i did this exact workout yeah i had to leave halfway through to vomit yeah i don't this it's, time this time i made it home okay and then i threw up it doesn't seem like it's good to throw up. No, I, I don't, don't know so. what the reason is. I used to um, do, I'm sure I've mentioned, cheerleading competitions. I think win- we talked about it last week, in fact. Winter color guard competitions. Winter color guard in particular, I used yeah. to throw up. Um, oh, guys, what? We got to not. This is not. I don't you know. You know where I'm at, Casey? You know where I'm at? I don't need things to be harder than they are, and I don't need things to make me vomit anymore. Yeah. I don't need people to make me throw up from the behavior. I don't need me to throw up from emotions. Yeah. I don't need to vomit from food that I've eaten, and I certainly, certainly don't need to fucking work out and puke. Yeah. We're not... I'm 43. Those days... <laughs> Like those days are gone, as as the band Hyam says, <laughs> those days are gone. Yeah, it seems like and, as you get older, you should go toward like less throwing up. But I don't, I don't know. I'm a big thrower upper, so what am I gonna? Here's know? what I'm gonna say though, too. I might be entering a pukey phase. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, I never, mean, I never was a thrower upper before, but maybe I am now. Guys, sorry, this is a great way to start this week. What I mean, listen. <sighs> When I went to the Critics' Choice Awards the last time, I was in my very fancy hotel room, and it was so fancy that it was the kind where it doesn't have a coffee maker in the room. And so I was like, I need coffee, but I don't know where this coffee, and I can't really like go out because I'm in my pajamas, whatever. And so I tried to order room service coffee for like $30 or something, like a carafe of coffee. And they were like, we don't have that. We can send you tea, like a tea service. And I was like, 
That's fine. So I just got like Earl Grey tea. That made me vomit all over the place. But I guess that's a thing. Of course, I went directly to the internet to look it up and people vomit from Earl Grey tea. Yeah, I actually have thrown up from Earl Grey tea too. So I don't know. Maybe your workout had Earl Grey tea in it. I don't know. But I'm just not. I just know that. I just know that. I I don't know. I just know that I'm not going to probably do that exact thing again. Yeah. Because I don't. Because I'm not in the mood for vomiting. You're not in the military. Mm -mm. What are you like? like, What am I trying? What am I trying to accomplish? You know, sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, what is the goal here? Like, what am I doing this for? What is the. And if it's like for fun and to feel good. That's great. And that is what it is. Busy is trying to like get her her rig working. So yeah. My rig so that yeah. the computer's the right height with my desk is yeah. just a, a little box that someone sent me when we were on Busy Tonight. That's like my face sort of like decoupaged all over it. Oh, okay. That's a Cute. good one. That's a good one. Um, Casey. Michelle yes. got nominated for an Oscar today. Congratulations to Michelle Williams. BFF Michelle Williams. Her fifth nomination. Fucking amazing. nuts, man. It's amazing. I know. Um, and I was with her the other night. And, you know, I was like, I. it's easy to forget that she literally just had a baby. Yes. Because like- she's a tiny human who, like, you know, her body is already like back to very similar to the before times before baby times because she's just that's just who she is yeah just one of those Um, people not due to ozempic or or working out till she vomits or working out till she vomits no she does like very gentle yoga my entire time i've known her yeah like just Gentle yoga, stretching. Yeah, she she'll dances. Be, she'll she'll dance. be one of those hundred-year-old ladies that's doing like water ballet exercise or something. Yeah, like that. and I yeah. think I think too she's like very yeah she is very gentle on herself in that way physically, and yeah. I feel like I'm very hard on myself physically, and like maybe I need to take a page from her book. Um, but I'm, we're also just different people. But anyway, um, and. I'm just like very, I'm very excited for her and very proud of her. And partially because I know how hard she worked on that, that film and how proud she is of the, of the performance of, um, being Mitzi Fableman (laughs) in the Fableman. Yes. Yes. And, um, and I'm just glad, I like think it's really beautiful when, you know, I know I was just happy that she was recognized because, um, among other things, it's not, you know, obviously we've talked about this, like awards aren't everything. Uh, clearly, you don't yes. do things for awards. Right. Or nice even nominations. Be, yeah. But it is very nice to be recognized. And also, I think just, I don't know. I just think that that performance is so beautiful, too. Yeah. And people got like weird about is it the best actress or should it be supporting or whatever in the like conversations online? And it's just like, it's so exhausting. Like there's so many weird things. It's all made up anyway. It's all made guys. It's all made up. And like that, that's right. And like, it doesn't, I don't, whatever. Like the point being, I'm so happy. There's 10 best picture nominees. My husband and I were just talking about this today. There's 10 best picture nominees, but still only five actor and actress and best supporting actor and best supporting actress 
nominations. And it's like, well, how could something be the best picture if it didn't have any of the best actors or actresses in it? Don't know. But because it's all just made up. It's just all, you know, in the rules. No, and by the way, they could add, I, they should add more to those. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to because. Well, it just it would just go on forever from like That's the perspective yeah. of like whatever. But it's also like I was even thinking about it this morning and I'm like, it's actually kind of an honor to be snubbed. Hear me out. Because I no, know. I, I agree. I think snubs sometimes are the best. (laughs) Because everybody is just like behind you and like, no, this is an injustice. This person should have been nominated. And I hope that to the people that that happened to um, today or on any other day, I hope they're feeling it. I hope, well, you know, from Girls 5 Eva, like there's a lot of times when- We talked about it. Yeah, when, when everyone was like, why wasn't this show nominated for all the things it should have been nominated for? And, um, you know, and that sucks in one way, but in another way, A, you get your dream job and B, a bunch of people who are actually watching the show and know what they're talking about are like, oh, this sucks. This should have been nominated. And like, so what's the difference between that person's opinion and someone's opinion who has like a card in their wallet that says they belong to the Academy? Whatever. I mean, I said to Em last night, like I texted her last night and I was like, I just want you to know that whatever happens tomorrow morning, you are all like already, you are just one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. And that's not even me being generous. That's just a fucking fact. Yeah. So like, it will be amazing if you're recognized in the morning. And if you're not, I'll come over and we'll get in the sauna and like, we can like talk and maybe we have to have champagne at eight in the morning. But like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But without, with or without it, like your work has meant so much to so many people and like continues to inspire in all the ways like everything from fucking Jen Lindley to Manchester by the sea and like all of the things you know right. so and I said you know and I was talking to our joint or our shared publicist too because she was also like the publicists take this I mean this is like for them this is like a su- very big deal the Super Bowl more this than is the getting Super Bowl. this is more that this is getting your team into the Super Bowl and like and they feel they feel a lot of pressure too. But sure. I was and I was talking to Rach, and I was just like, Rachel, you know, like it, it obviously like this isn't the first movie even being talked about for M, and it won't be the la- it won't be the last. You right. know, she's like weirdly like just in the. It's so funny. Like I posted that thing today, and I was like twenty years ago. You know, we were sitting in bars crying, you know, right? like I didn't say that in the post, but I'm saying that to you. And then and to think like we've had these full fucking careers, both of us, and there's still more. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me, I think she's just hitting. That's what I think. Like, I think she's I think she's just been. You know, she obviously, she's a master at what she does, but she's just hitting a place where she's lived enough life now to, like, give it everything. Even more. Yeah. Even more. But I feel that about me, too. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to talk about myself. (laughs) No, I feel that about, I feel that about, like, so many people, like, our age coming into their 
own. You know who I had dinner with last night? Who? Phoebe Robinson. It was lovely. I love Phoebe. I know. It was really nice. She's the best. And we talked about an idea of like a buddy comedy. We like are we were like, we should do this, you know, and like not like that wasn't the point of the dinner. We were just getting together as friends. But then we were just started talking about work and she's 38 and is like, I'm ready to just like fucking have everything. Like I want I want friends and I started playing tennis and I have hobbies now and she's got her imprint and is doing books and like she's like and I'm just so excited about yeah the future and I feel that real deeply like for especially women in their late 30s 40s and on like I don't know it's just an interesting it's kind Life. of what it's kind of what we were talking about and you were very sad so I don't even know if you heard um you were just trying to do the best you could but like it's like we've all had some wins and know what that feels like we've all had some really painful losses you know and um so that's the point in life where like you know with with my mom dying um it was interesting for me to hear my kids say this is my first really big loss you know like they weren't super close to my dad because it was hard to be close to him and but they were very close to my mom and, well, and they were they were a lot younger too yes they were a lot younger yes yes and so you know to hear them say like this is my first experience with loss you know and to just know that they're just at the beginning of wins and losses, you know? And and I think that when you're 38 um, and, you know, and Phoebe recently had a show that wasn't picked up for a second season. Um, and her long-term, like she had a long-term relationship that ended right, as well. Right. And so, you know, so they're... You know, you have, like, perspectives suddenly about how important it is just to have, like, these moments of joy. Like, when you can feel joy again after, like, you know, and and not all loss is the same, but that I was just – I was trying to talk about, like, how we need to have that texture to life, and it really sucks. And when you're going through, like, a down moment, how much it sucks, uh, and you just feel like you're never going to get – out of that, you're never going to be on the upswing again. But if it weren't for those moments, you wouldn't know what the upswing was. You wouldn't be able to enjoy every bright moment because it wouldn't, it would feel the same. It would be boring. It would be like Christmas every day, you know? Did you ever watch Elmo Saves Christmas where he wishes if it was Christmas every day and everyone's just so sad to have to celebrate Christmas every day? Did you ever see that one? <laughs> I didn't, but... It's a classic. (laughs) Elmo should have been nominated for an Oscar that year, but no. I love Elmo. Sadly, no. Um, But yeah, you know, it's just... It's interesting. I I always think of Joan Rivers, and I think she said this in that, like, posthumous interview that we we put out on the podcast with her, the long-lost interview. She just said, I'm like a bouncing ball. Like, I've been up, and I've been down, and, you know, and I know the difference, and I'm so lucky. Like, she was saying that, like, bouncing back up is so lucky, and it really is, and so... 
I think, yeah, I think we're all. Well, that's like, that's the whole thing with um, that therapy that Birdie was doing, the DBT therapy. Right. You know, like, and I have thought about that a lot in the last, like, whatever, two month and a half or whatever. And then certainly in the last couple of weeks, like in those moments when I like literally couldn't stop crying, like couldn't get my, couldn't regulate, you know, yeah. my emotions. Yeah. I just, and it was like dark and whatever. And I was like, I will not always feel like this. I know right. that. Like, I know I will not always feel like this. It feels so hard to remember. Like, but I, I mean, I get it. Like when people are in, when you're in it, it's, but I just kept saying that over and over in my head. Yeah. Even though I would say it in my head and then immediately my head would say, yes, you will. <laughs> right. Right. But I was like trying to like, you know, do the, I was trying to do the things like from her that I learned in those classes and like from her, the kind of therapy she does. Oh yeah. my God, she literally just texted me the second from school. Hold on. I got to see what's happening. All right. Wait, what's happening? Can you take me to the Super World store or not? But I would like it if you did today. Not, I can't do it today. Today? What? What's the Super World store? The never jackets? Heard, never heard of it. I can't, I don't. I Why don't think is I she can. allowed to text you about a store in the middle of school? Because she's on this, um, birdie, they're doing, they're on their J-term thing. Remember, didn't I tell you about this? Also, the school that Matilda's in does a, a thing too, J-term, January term, okay. where like they end their first semester before Christmas or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And, or before the break, the holiday break. And then when they come back to school, the like month of January is dedicated to like areas of study outside of their regular school. Okay. So they choose different areas to focus on if they, if they'd like, they can choose different areas to focus on and they can like apply for different programs of study. And Birdie did like social justice and jackets uh, <laughs> and super world jackets. She did social justice, po like policy and politics or something. And oh, that's cool. why Birdie was in DC for the week. Got it. Other kids did other things. Like there was like an environmental trip to about global warming, climate change, blah, blah, Got blah. Got it. Okay. There's like an area of study about storytelling and they went to Ghana, <laughs> I think. I think they went to Ghana okay. or something. Like I don't yeah. know. I'm making some of this up as I'm telling you because you know I'm not great at reading emails. Oh my All gosh. I know is that there's like and then there are also kids that were like um I don't want to apply for it's cuz it's like kind of extra work a little bit. Okay. Do you know what I mean cuz they had to like pretty had to like write an essay about why those why social justice and politics and policy are interesting to them and like why you know you have to like get yeah because they only apply. have certain yeah because they only have certain 
yeah. a certain amount of kids that they take. Um, and if you if the kids don't want to do it, like if they're just like, I don't listen, they do a thing in school for the month that's like decided by the school that focuses on a different thing. So like the lower school is all doing migrants, okay. immigration, migrants, immigration. What is cricket learning about migrants and immigration and uh, refugees? Okay. Like, like, and so like what, like climate refugee, you know, like all different kinds of like why people leave their homes and yeah. what it means. And so it's like, it's interesting. It's super interesting. So they yeah. spend like a few weeks doing a different, totally different thing. Like where they're like just learning about something in the world. That seems And fun. every year it's, every year it's different. Like, yeah. So the, and then the lower school and they all kind of like all the grades in the lower school work together. You know what I mean? And they yeah. like do these different projects and stuff. Yeah. It's cute. But it <laughs> it does not have to do with jackets. No. But it yeah, she's oh, allowed. But to... I didn't get no, but I didn't yeah. get to where I didn't get to where I'm at. Yeah. So Birdie did the DC trip uh-huh. and then came back and has like this presentation that they're putting together on Friday. Yeah. But like Birdie was like so motivated and like having fun and doing it, like was so into it. Yeah. That she's done with it. Oh, great. Okay. And so now she's just like sitting in school and she's literally like, I'm so bored. Got it. I want to like go shopping. Got it. I is what is happening. Because last night she like read me the whole thing. Like, I just think she's like, I think that she was very motivated to do the thing because she really liked the that's the thing about these kids right like yeah. about Eli's the same way yeah like if Birdie is motivated by her Birdie can only be motivated by yeah. their own interests. yeah something that they're interested yes in. yes and yeah. so like it's not surprising to me that they came back from DC they had an entire week to work yeah. on this project and Birdie's yeah. was done by last night yeah <laughs> Monday night Good for her. Wanted to do it. It's a wild She's excited feeling. to do it. I was thinking it's actually like good preparation for like adult life to sort of like be at quote unquote work, but also texting someone about going shopping as soon as possible. That's- <laughs> well, wait, somebody and I, I, I was just talking with one of these moms about with one of these moms, one of the moms I'm friends with in Cricket's grade. Yeah. And um, about TV shows that our kids are obsessed with. And yeah. One of the moms was like, I just think it's so funny that Cricket's so obsessed with The Office. Like, it's just so funny. She's still just really, really into it. And I was like, but really, when you think about it, The Office is just like school. Elementary school, yeah. It's elementary school. It's like they all sit in little tables. Yeah. They're like doing work, right? Yeah. Like the work isn't really explained. It doesn't make no. any sense yeah. what they're doing, but they're just yeah. sitting there working. The boss is the teacher. I mean, Michael Scott's the teacher. Right. They have like other weird things where they assemblies where they get like pulled into other groups and they have to do weird things. Right. And they have their and, like, friendships and relationships. And they have their friendships and... and their relationships and there's like people that are funny and people that they hate or whatever. <laughs> and I just, I'm like, I totally get why Cricket relates to the office like she feels like that's her like she just feels like it's like her yeah 
life. You just gave me the weirdest flash to elementary school. This is this is a true story. I true were, story. So many bullies <laughs> in my in my growing up. Like it just I don't know if it was Massachusetts, if it was the Times. Like well, we it, already have established mass halls. Yeah, mass halls. And we've also already established that like education, public education during like my growing up was pretty Dickensian. And, uh, you know, just slashed budgets. Anyway, like, my school never would have had a thing where I could go to Washington, D.C. to study public policy. You know, that this is what I'm saying. Like, we were just... I get it. I get it. We didn't... We got... Recorders were cut from, like, my year. You know, everybody takes home recorders. Those were were cut when I was, like, in grade three or whatever. Yeah. Well, by the way, Bertie's not going to a public school, just FYI. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I I know that we're, like, getting what we are paying. We're paying for this. But you just gave me a memory of, um, I think, gosh, what grade was it? Maybe second grade. And my teacher did this thing that was so wild and unheard of. We just had our little desks. But she put our desks into like pods of four. That's what mine were. Yeah. Elementary school. Which is like we went from all facing forward, you know, little desks all in a row like you see in like a Christmas story or whatever to like putting our desks in pods of four like facing each other. And um, I just remember my pod uh, was like me. I can't remember who the fourth person was, but number two and three were like two bully boys, like two not well two bully boys now really you know two rough boys that were always like getting into it and one was like a farm bully boy who lived near me and like was mean to me on the bus and you know i just avo- i wasn't necessarily scared of him but i avoided him and then there was another bully boy that was from like the the like more urban part of town and like he had like a leather jacket like in second grade like why does the second grade he was a greaser he yeah was a he greaser. was like a greaser for real uh, for real <laughs> his one the farm bully boy's name was billy and the the greaser bully, bully boy's name was robert i think but anyway in this like pod of four kids number 4 i'm sorry i can't remember you i wish i could remember but we were just doing some activity like coloring or whatever. And I guess I was humming to myself and, uh, and bully boy, Billy, the country bully boy was like, Oh, you're so stupid. Your humming is so stupid. Do you know you're singing? And I was like, Oh my God. And I was so embarrassed and I'm sure my face turned like bright red. And then bully boy, Robert was like, Hey, I'll stab your dog if you ever talk to her like that again. And I was like, I'll stab your dog? Yes. And I was just like, um, thank you. Like, like how, I mean, I don't know if he would have. That's not a nice thing to say to someone. And, but like, also, I, was in a place where I appreciated being stuck up for and it was unexpected. I didn't expect, if anything, I expected them to gang up on me together, to join forces to gang up on me together. Totally. I did not expect Robert to threaten to murder Billy's dog. Uh, He didn't. He wouldn't. I don't think he would have. I'm going to say he, I think he just wanted to scare him. And I think he did scare him. He scared me, but also 
it was like, and isn't that like, isn't that being a girl to be like, you know, just like to not know even what to say, Uh, you know, just being a little girl and just being like, I think I'm grateful to you, but also I think you might. That's terrifying. And have don't problems stab anyone's and, yeah, dogs. Don't, because don't stab anyone I don't, for not me. Not for me. Yeah. Please. But also thank you for sticking up for me. Anyway, yeah. you just gave me like the weirdest flashback to that memory. That would not make a good episode of The Office. It didn't make a good episode of elementary school, but mm-hmm. yet it happened. That's my leading memory of, of elementary school. I have lots of memories of elementary school. <laughs> also like in fourth the grade when this girl who had been in the grave grade above but stayed back yeah and then like or no 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 that was fifth grade and then she was in our class yeah and like became like she became like the alpha girl of like right? my group of friends because yeah, sure. you know she's like she knew her way around like, yeah uh and year older yeah and um and I was like, this is so lame, but like I couldn't obviously like stand up to her or whatever. And I just remember this like one day on the playground, she like somehow got my friends, like she started it and they all were just singing Lean On Me. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> no, it was really, and like I was cringe, like at the time I was yeah. like, this is so cringe, Yeah, you know, but like I didn't even know what those words were, what yeah. cringe was or what. Yeah. Or why I hated it so much. Yeah, you just had secondhand embarrassment. I was like, guys, you really need to not do this. This is <laughs> so weird. Stop. But was it like, were they, Sweet. did they, did they want to sing it? Or do you and feel like they she, felt pressured? That, I think that they felt pressured by her. Oh my gosh. It's like, so I weird. have like a very, very specific memory of her with her like eyes closed, sitting on a bench being like, like and like she didn't have a great voice you know what I mean Uh, like it was just like yeah all things like it was really I don't know how it started and I don't know why yeah but why and I don't know know. it was all weird it was just being a kid is so it's so weird weird. and then all this shit it's like a fever dream yeah it really is like second grade so weird. I think I, speaking of, I think I vomited on the playground on the first day of school, like nervous stomach, like while we were waiting to line up and go into our new classes. And I remember someone saying, oh, you had Apple Jacks. And I was like, I did. You successfully identified the content of my puke. I feel and- like I would be able to do that too. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I do think that Apple Jacks, like, I feel like First of all, I bet it probably smelled exactly like Apple Jacks. (laughs) It's a specific color. And then I'm sure it had the little red bumps in it. Um, Those bumps are probably not that digestible. I don't know. But uh, they didn't send me home. That's how it was in in the 1980s. They didn't send me home. They were just like, okay, you booted on the playground. Now now you're going to go inside and have your first day of school. I don't even think they called anyone in my family. They just no, were like they didn't. They they were like she's fine. She was fine. They, and they, they assessed. They assessed you. They gave you yeah, a cup of water. That was like, it. That was it. A cup of water. You had to go to the bubbler and get a sip out of the the bubbler. Oh, I don't know. I thought like in the school nurse they would have those little mini cups. I didn't even go to the nurse. I didn't even get oh. sent to the nurse. I only ever got sent to the nurse 
like, I don't even, I, I don't, I can't even, I think I got like a, like a concussion one time and I got sent to the nurse and that was about it. Um, but then, yeah, in third grade, like I, people were probably scared of me in third grade because I was only four inches shorter than I am now. I grew up to be like the size of an adult person. I had to sit in, you know, everybody has like the little box desks, like a box on legs. And I had to get one of the, like, like what you have in college, like the little, the chair with like the, the flap over the front. That's your desk. Oh yeah. 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 I had to sit like that, like a student teacher in the back of the classroom in starting in third grade. Stop it. Stop it. That's insane. Ooh, Gina Linetti is here and she's looking for something to eat. (laughs) She is actually sniffing because I have a sandwich next to me, but she loves her Sundays food. Have you had Sundays? We have Sundays. Oh, do you have it for the girls? Yes. Before they even ever advertised on this podcast, Sundays has has been sending boxes of their delicious, very healthy dog food. And like my dogs literally think it's a treat. Like they don't. They think, wait, Gina thinks it's a treat too. Yeah. They don't understand that it's just like their regular food. So it's air-dried dog food, and it's made from a very short list of human-grade ingredients. It contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, 0% synthetic nutrients. Yes. Besides USDA beef and all-natural chicken, there are digestive aids in there, like pumpkin and ginger, which is good for my girl because she gets upset tummies very easily. Yes. Um, and sometimes is prone to constipation. Yeah. Um, plus they put in disease fighting antioxidants. And honestly, there's a noticeable improvement in her breath and yeah. her poop. Okay. Yeah. Um, the for girls, my kid, for the, my kid. The girls have uh, a lot of like skin allergy issues. And so when we're we have fed them dog food in the past where we're not 100% sure what the ingredients are. You just never know when there's something in there that's an irritant. And so Sundays is such a huge relief to us um, because we just know what's in there. We know that there's not going to be anything in there that's going to trigger a flare-up for their skin allergies. And they literally, I know we said that they think it's a treat, but here's the funny thing, Biz, is like the girls love to do tricks. They can do turn around, they can do lay down and roll over and fist bump. And they they just um, whenever they see us walk near the Sundays, they start doing all the tricks because they hope that that's gonna like earn them. And I'm like, no, I'm about to like pour you a bowl of it. Like, settle yeah, you down. You get a whole bowl, you don't, honey. You don't you have a whole to bowl. It's also the orders ship right to your door. You never have to worry about running out of dog food. Um, plus. Sundays is very affordable. It costs about 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because Sundays doesn't waste money shipping frozen packages and they spend on what matters, sourcing the best all natural ingredients for your puppy. Yeah. And it's really great packaging. It's shelf stable, but it comes in this really interesting zipper pouch. I love the zipper pouch too. And I think that it's like, it's... um. It's not wasteful. Like the packaging isn't wasteful. And it's all exactly. it's all good, guys. It's exactly. all good. She, you should try it for your dog. I'm serious. Gina loves it. Casey's girls love it. 
Uh, we worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners. We know you're out there. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash busy or use code busy at the checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash busy and uh, upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food that you're feeding them. Oh, Blue Land! You know what? I'm out of. I need to order. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this no. is like my Blue Land. This just reminded me. Um, I love Blue Land so, so much. Uh, I love those little toilet tabs. The toilet and, tabs. And I are, love them. Yeah, I love the toilet I tabs. I love the cleaning sprays. I love the hand soap. I the love hand the, toilet, soap. the toilet bowl cleaner. I love the laundry tablets. And I, I love the bottles love it that all. it, the packaging, the bottles that you have like out on your shelf look so chic and minimalist and great that like if someone leaves a bottle out on the counter, I'm not even upset about it because it, it looks great. Well, Blue Land is on a mission. You guys know this to eliminate single use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with a very simple idea. They offer these beautiful, endlessly refillable cleaning products. You fill your bottles with water. You drop in these tablets. They dissolve and become the cleaning products. And when I tell you that they clean as well as the ones you're used to, and you're only predisposed to thinking that those are the ones that work because we all grew up watching television with the ads <laughs> telling us that. Right. And like, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. it's just not true. Yeah. So I'm telling you, as a person who watched a lot of ads growing up, I've it's been hard for me to break my routine of what I think works in terms of cleaning products and and go green and go yeah. better for the environment, better for my health, better for my kids' health. And the refills start at just $2.25. You can yeah. even set up a subscription. Um, we need to have 2023 be the year that we stop a shipping water all around the what, country. What are we doing? Why are we shipping water, guys? What's and happening? Stop. We, also, like on a personal note, we have to stop paying to ship water. Like it's bad for the environment, but it's bad for us. Water's heavy. It costs a lot to move it around. And so that's why this product makes so much sense. Yeah. You add your own water at your house where you have it. Bingo. Yeah. And guys, I'm going to say this. It saves you a lot of money and now that I live in a city, I understand. It also saves you a lot of arm strength coming from the store. Yes, just dragging it everywhere. And it's like well, easy easy to store in your house. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't have that much space in New York. Right. And like I having just like tablets is amazing because then I can make my new glass cleaner when I need it, when I've run yeah, out. Exactly. And it's not like, and it literally is sitting in a drawer waiting to go. Right. Right. You know what I mean? I I cannot recommend Blue Land enough. The products work really, really well. They're good for you, good for the environment. And you're going to, honestly, you will never go back. I have not, and you will not. Uh, to get 15% off your first order, go to blueland.com slash best. That's 15% off your first order right now when you go to blueland.com slash best. That's blueland.com slash best. I thought I had other things to tell you. 
but I can't remember what they are. I'm sure you do. Oh, one of them is that I know what one of them is. One of them is that Michelle wants to do the podcast, but she wants to do it next week. And I'm like, you know what, girlfriend, you tell me. (laughs) I'll just I'm going to I'm here. Yeah, we're here. You tell me. We'll play it by ear. Um, I'm looking for a place to get a turkey sandwich. And there Mm -hmm. is a restaurant that is called. Are you ready for this? Sure. The Sandwich Vibe. Oh, wow. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I feel like New York has taken a turn away from pun-based restaurant names. That was, like, my favorite thing um, when I lived in New York was, like, a good pun restaurant name. But A vibe of sandwiches. A vibe of sandwiches. Come on, guys. A vibe. That sandwich is a vibe. Um, is, is, for goodness, steaks still in New York City? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but I just saw one the other day. That I took a picture of, and it's called like. Hold on, I gotta look. I'm gonna look at my photos so I can tell you. But it was gross. It like grossed me out. Like I was like, I don't like that at all. <laughs> like I don't like that pun. I don't like that pun name for this restaurant. I, it's making me feel. No, I'm not into it. I feel like there's um, one in in it's LA like Midtown. There's one in LA called like Muffin Can Stop Us or something, and I'm like. <laughs> All Wait, right. there's what's that waffle one? There's the waffle one on uh Beverly and like not sweetser, but like over there, and it's a pun. I know that. I know that there's one that's a pun that's a waffle. Oh, here it is. Oh, dark side of the moo. And it's a burger place. No. Absolutely like, not, sir. No. Bye. Yeah. No. I'm not. I took a picture of it because I hate it. Um, I mean, listen, it's healthy to know, like, where your food's coming from, but it's weird to, like, you know, yeah. I always We think don't need to, like, yeah, but, like, I don't need it. I don't know. I don't like it. I always hate it when, like, a barbecue restaurant has, like, a pig spokesperson. Seems mean. Agree. I agree. Yeah. I don't even like those. I don't even like those cows for Chick-fil-A. I mean, that's the least of their homophobic problems over there, but I'm just right, saying like right. I don't like I don't like the the cows promoting eating chickens. I think it's I don't want it's don't, rude. It's rude. Animal Support, on animal it's violence. It's violence and I'm not I don't want any more violence. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, god. It's like I I've been trying to be not um Sobby. So I have been staying away from the news and I texted yeah. you the other day because I, you know, I'm in New York and like, to be honest with you, I, and I've been trying to kind of just stay away from upsetting things that I don't know emotionally if I'm able to process in this moment. Like, right. I think that it's important to not check out forever uh, in terms of like the state of the world and things going on. And at the same time, I think it's also important to know when you are at your limit like when you're you're all full up of yeah of grief and so don't try not to add on pile on more grief from the world grief you know right but the two shootings that happened 
this past weekend are so fucking devastating. And I, and I, again, it's like, it gets, I, I, I just feel so enraged and helpless about the fact that we aren't able to make any substantive change. And I don't know what is, how we're going to be able to, I mean, they have to ban assault rifles. They have to do it. They have to. Yeah. I mean, listen, we have all the data. We know that more shootings occur where weapons are readily available. We know that when states have been able to uh, ban automatic weapons uh, or to stem the flow of automatic weapons in some way, like legislatively, that shootings go down. Um, We know this. We know this. We know that... When people argue otherwise, we know that they know that they're not being honest. Or they, do, or they, or they're, I mean, I'm just like not, you know, I'm at a place now where I actually think, I mean, not even to like just crib a Donald Trump phrase, but like, I think that people, fake news, I think people have like convinced themselves of certain things that are untrue yeah. that they they've convinced themselves they've gaslit themselves right yes, like yeah. and they're you could not it doesn't matter what the facts are right. because in their made up history or event or what events or whatever the truth is something else entirely. Something else that's not the truth. I think I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think that, well, when people deny math and statistics and science, then I don't, I don't know how you're going to convince them otherwise when, you know, hard, hard numbers are hard numbers for a reason. And, and, you know, there, there isn't really no debate. Like there's, there's a side debate, whether something is enough of an improvement or whether it's a significant improvement, but the numbers are the numbers. Here's a couple areas where I don't think societally we've done ourselves any favors, and that is that I do think that sometimes people manipulate numbers uh, to support their arguments, like arguments that they're already entrenched in making. And, you know, and we've all seen that. Like, this study supports the use of this medication, and everybody runs with and publishes that study, and then you find out, like, oh, this is actually, like, a statistically insignificant improvement in this condition by this medication, and also it has a number of deleterious side effects, you know, detrimental side effects. Um, And so 
everybody ran with this headline saying like, this is going to be a miracle cure for something and then come to find out it's actually not. That's manipulative. And people do that with numbers and statistics all the time. That's a huge problem because we don't have any system for checking people on that. And the more that we see the layoffs at these media companies where people with expertise in areas of like math and science and STEM and everything, it's like we all our tools to have any hope to check that when that happens are disappearing. And then the second thing is, and this is like not legislatable at all. It's just like, I think kind of like a moral failing of mankind, of humankind, is that we would be so much better off if we as people, as societies, as countries, as whoever could ever admit that we had been wrong about something. Not admitting that we took the wrong tactic ever is like how many people have died because people couldn't admit that what we thought we knew was incorrect and now we know something new. And you, and I don't know what that is. And so then I think it trickles down to people not trusting anything that they hear because it's hard to trust. I mean, look at the whole handling of the pandemic from the beginning. A lot of people were doing the best that we that they could in telling us like what they knew about something that they didn't know anything about, but there was so much conflicting information and then the information changed every day. But then I think what we learned is like a lot of the information that we were being given wasn't for our own benefit. It was for other purposes, like don't wear masks. It won't do any good. And that was actually because they were worried about like us not having enough masks. There weren't masks to have, but like, is that what that was about? Why would anyone have said that? What would it have hurt for everyone to put on masks? What's the worst that could have happened? And they made it so that it's like become this like wild political thing where people believe in masks and some people don't believe in masks. And I'm like, I'm sorry, like the science is there. Like it's there. Yeah, people are gaslighting themselves. But I just think that how do you go back in time and create a society where people are like, fuck, we were wrong about that. It was a mistake. So going forward, here's what we believe. And please, everyone do this. I mean, look, I will say, like, for what it's worth, occasionally politicians, specifically Democratic presidents have said in the past, my idea about don't ask, don't tell or whatever. Right. My support of this bill. I've evolved. Was, was wrong. Yes. Biden. I mean, for, for what it's worth, I mean, Biden, I think in part because, the, because of his Catholicism had always been very reticent to talk about abortion right. until he's like, I got to do that. Like, I understand right. Right. That now what this means. Right. You know, like, I, I think that there have been moments 
but you're right. Like there. But then, how are those like, moments received? Not by people being like, you know what? Good for that guy. He did the right thing. It's all ideological. It's all Democrats are all like, good for him. He did the right thing. And then Republicans are like, he's a flip flopper, and he's right. good, and this is political expediency. He's just doing this to, of course, yeah, of course, for his base and to get more you're right. votes. It's just you're right. like, but I think that it's like okay, but TBH. I just sort of feel like it's all tied into shame and feeling like, and the idea that there are good and bad people. Right. And good and bad is not what people are. Right. Right. And we are all good and bad. We are all, all things. And by the way, I mean, there are serial killers, sure. Like, there are, like, people that have, like, there's a something terribly wrong. Extreme examples on both ends. Of bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There, I mean, truly, there's there's extreme examples of bad, and I don't know if there are extreme examples of good. I mean, I'd imagine, I'd imagine there are, but we probably don't hear a lot about it. You know, I'd imagine there are completely virtuous people who are, for the most part, doing mostly good and we never hear shit about it. Right. Like that woman. Oh, my God. Like that woman who saved that man's life in Buffalo when there was the um, blizzard. Did you see that? Oh, I don't see, know. See, this if is I the did. stuff that see? I get because I'm East Coast, baby. Right. No, I'm right. kidding. Guys, this is the this is the joy of our podcast is that we're really offering you just an East Coast, West Coast <laughs> perspective on life. No, I'm kidding. But um, at least on the news cycle, there was a woman who saw a man outside. And by the way, like he's, you know, he was like, he didn't look, he looked, I don't know if I would have done, I mean, I would have well, called. He like, looked she unfamiliar. Like, he was unfamiliar. Yeah. She like literally had her husband or her boyfriend or whatever, like went outside and like carried him in. He was like elderly. He was a little bit older, the man. And he had some sort of mental disability. I can't remember exactly what, but he had like gone to the store. He worked at a grocery store. Oh, he was like a bagger at a grocery store. And he thought when it was that big blizzard, he thought yeah. he could like make it home. You know what I mean? Ugh, like it was yeah. not right. Like yeah. he couldn't. Anyway, this like lady literally like brought him into her home and was like trying to figure out who he was and was like, I I don't know. Like she just said she saved his life. Yeah. And then like, like reached out to neighbors and they like got a, someone had was able, like had enough snow tires or whatever, a big car and they plowed it and they were able to get him to a hospital and like they saved his life. Like she like really took this person in and took care of him. Yeah. And she was just like, she wasn't, she didn't do it for, there's no public, she wasn't doing anything for no accolades. Yeah. She just was like, saw this person struggling and he was in a neighborhood. There were other people that probably saw him walk by. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But she was the one and that was the time. And by the way, that's amazing, and that lady is an angel on earth, and still, I bet she's flipped someone off in traffic, and I bet she thinks someone that she works with is a bitch. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, we are all good and bad. Well, this is a thing, like, look, again, oh my God, 
back to talking about DBT and everything. Yeah. You know, the dialectical piece of dialectical behavioral therapy literally means the ability to hold to opposing thoughts. Yeah. And that's the piece that I feel we have not done a great job at teaching ourselves and like our kids how to do. And, and that idea, by the way, I'm just trying to like, I'm literally formulating my thoughts as I'm saying them right now. But like that idea, by the way, is different than both sizing it. Right, right. Right. Holding two things can be true. Right. Holding that we are not wholly good or bad. And that if we make a mistake or do a bad thing or hurt someone really badly, does that make us a bad person? Or are we just a person who fucked up and made a mistake and hurt someone? Right. And can we like acknowledge take responsibility for that and try to like learn from it in whatever way we can so that we never do it again. Right. Not because we think we're going to be a perfect good person. Right. There's no such thing. Right. Anyway, I just, both sidesing is a, is what we have culturally sort of gotten to as opposed to holding a, a, a person who is against abortion being able to hold, like I am able to hold, that I understand people's deep belief in life beginning at conception rooted in their religion and indoctrination and all kinds of other things. And I'm okay with people thinking I chose to murder. I'm, I'm actually okay with that. Like, I can hold that at this point in my life. Yeah. Because that is not my belief and it's not what I know to be true for myself. And also, you know, there's science and stuff too. But um, but I have yet to meet a person who is like, oh, I'm very staunchly anti-abortion. But like, you do you, girl. You know? Right, right. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people that feel that way. It's just that they're not the vocal majority of people. Yeah, I think here's the thing. And as you were saying all this, one thing about social media, which I think there can be so many wonderful things about social media, it's community building. But it's also, I think, probably what Andy Warhol predicted when he was like, we're all going to be famous for 15 minutes. Social media seems to be the way. And so I bet a lot of you listening have like gone somewhat viral or very viral on the internet at some point if you're using social media where a lot of people have noticed something that you've you know, taking a picture of or something that you've said or whatever, whatever. The thing that's rough, I think, about social media is that it makes your whole identity as a person what you've done in the moment. You know what I mean? And then 
even though people evolve and change, there is the possibility that something that you do down the line, if you've tried to evolve and you've tried to improve or whatever, that the public will bring back up and still re-identify you with, like, that past you and try to make your identity just... That's the thing is we're always trying to, like, refine someone's identity down to, like, one thing of who they are. And that's just... It's not the way that it works. Well, it's that's... N- th- right. No, we're so reductive of everything. People right. are so reductive. And we all have to get better at it because, like... Yes, you can hold more than one thing. So you can say, like, as, you know, as a Democrat, like, oh, I, Joe Biden has done this, 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 and this that I think are great as president. I really wish he would address this thing that's important to me. And, like, I want to hold his feet to the fire. Or, like, you know, you can, about anyone, you can wish that. Like, that is healthy. That's healthy. And I'm not saying, like, trying to undermine him or whatever because that's not healthy trying to undermine someone that's fucking on your team is not healthy but it is healthy to try to say like i need him to do more on this and i'm gonna pursue this it's not healthy to be like and then if he doesn't do that i'm gonna you know go on a talk show and talk about hunter biden's laptop or what you know what i mean like but then i also think like Sometimes we have to acknowledge when people who don't share our ideology for the most part do something that, like, works for everybody, you know? And it's so rare um, that we don't get the opportunity to even practice that very much. But there have been times when, you know, I know that people admired a lot of things John McCain did quite a bit when he was, you know, when he was alive. And and I know that he disappointed us a lot of times when he was alive. But it's like, but that's how complicated he was, you know, as, as a leader. And I don't see it from the other side. I don't see it at all. I feel like people are like very locked in ideologically to where they're like, can't admit any fault that ever happens when there's well, obviously I know. so much fault, you know? And so, like, now this I shit is... I don't know is, what that is. I don't know. But it's, like, it couldn't be more obvious. And again, this makes me feel like living in a simulation. Like, classified documents were found at Mar-a-Lago. <sighs> it was a huge deal, except for a lot of people were like, it's not a big deal. You're allowed to bring documents home, blah, blah, blah. And, and now he, documents were found at Biden's And now residence. documents were find, found at Biden's residence. And he turned everything over. And people are like, see, that's how you do it. And, like, this is a thing that happens. And so, like... Like, now everybody needs to admit it's a thing that happens and it's how you react to when it happens and, like, how we have to put better systems in place. Now documents have been found at Mike Pence's home as well today. And so after Mike Pence was like, there are no documents at my house, like, I think he said it, I don't know, on fucking 60 Minutes or something. But it's just like, okay, we have to put better systems in place. But it's also how you handle it when it happens But it's just this um, ideological football that people are like, it's very, very bad when he did it and nobody cares when he did it. And now, but it's really, really bad that he did it. And like, it just, I don't know. I think 
we just have to get better at like having critical thinking about these things. But it's hard because we treat everything like sports. Well, that's the whole thing. It's the sports center. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Guys, are you ready for a new year reset? Listen, I will say, I will say, getting it back on track when you've like gotten way off of it. Sometimes it's hard. Been a little wild. Listen, sometimes it's hard to do on your own. Yeah. For me, it is. Yeah. And I return again and again to Saqqara. I love it so much because Saqqara's organic meals are nutritionally designed to support your goals. You can reset your system and beyond. And it doesn't have to just be for the new year. No. Like, because also the food is just delicious to eat. Yeah. Just do it. And so it's not hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I suffer from decision fatigue. Like I just, I can't decide one more time what I'm going to go to the store, shop for, what I even want to shop for at the store, and then what I'm going to make with it once I get it home. And this is so helpful to me just to streamline that process Make easy choices. Saqqara has great recipes, great dishes that are so delicious. And then they come right to my door and it just eliminates a huge area of stress for me. That's what, I mean, the ease of it and not having to think. I also struggle with the decision fatigue. It's a real sure. thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. Um, but guys, if you're into like, let's be a little bit healthier, let's have a reset, let me try this. Let me try this way of eating every once in a while. You don't have to do it every day. There's right. all kinds of different options that Saqqara has. Right. And to address your own particular, whatever, whatever you're looking for. Whatever thing you want to concern, but you want to deliver. Saqqara delivers science-backed, plant-rich nutrition programs, wellness essentials right to your door. Their ready-to-eat meals are nutritionally designed to deliver results from like weight management, if that's your thing like stomach issues, easing your bloat. Like if you have sensitivities, like for me, a lot of times I know that when I'm having like a lot of IBS attacks, yeah. if I go back and like do a Saqqara for a week, it really like resets my system and calms me down, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and clearer skin. And by the way, I'm just talking about my own personal experience. Talk to your doctor. I don't know. But I'm just saying my own personal experience is that, right. you know? Right. That's why I continue to go back to it again and again and again. Um, and right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash best or enter code best at the checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash best to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. The holidays are behind us. A new <laughs> year is ahead. <gasps> And there's one more gift to be given to myself. (laughs) And it is wild grain. It is delicious and healthy and it keeps giving and giving and giving. Guys, you've heard us talk about it. I'm so obsessed. Did I tell you uh, when I see 
uh, wild green box being delivered by like a delivery man, I feel like I saw a celebrity. Like I cheer and clap. <laughs> I get so excited and I'm like, I hope they heard about it from us. But also I don't care because I just love wild green as a company so much. Like I love the product so much that I want them to be wildly successful. And then on top of it, they're good people. Every next thing I love more. I love the bread. It doesn't make me sneeze. It's also delicious. Love the pasta. It's like real fancy restaurant quality pasta right in my freezer. The my croissants kids are obsessed with that pasta. Oh, it's so good. Oh, we should do it in Boston because you know, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. So you can do great for others and great for yourself. For yourself. Uh, guys, all go. you do to get in on this bread that we're obsessed <laughs> with is sign up at wildgrain.com slash busy. You choose which type of box you want to receive, how often. It's easy to reschedule or to skip or to cancel. And like I skipped and now I, not, I need to get back in because yeah. we're back from the yeah. holidays. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box plus just want to say this, free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com slash busy to start your subscription, you heard that correctly, free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash busy. That's wildgrain.com slash busy. Or you can use our promo code busy at the checkout you guys are going to love it so much. Casey and I love it genuinely so much. Get your wild grain. Oh, which brings me to this. Sports Center brings me to this for real. Okay, sure. Um, so you read my book. Mm-hmm. But it's been a while. But maybe you remember that the woman who... I met when I was a Barbie girl. Yes. Her name was Lisa Guerrero or Lisa Coles as an actor. Yeah. She was Lisa Coles as an actor and Lisa Guerrero as a sportscaster. And she, I met her when I was a Barbie and she basically like, she just fucking hooked me up. And when I moved to, <laughs> when, when I moved to LA, she like introduced me. She took me out to lunch. She yeah. introduced me to my manager. She was like, let me know if you need any help or any support ever. I'm here. And like, that was it. Yeah. So she wrote a book called Warrior. Yes. That just came out. Yes. And I'm doing a book talk tonight at Barnes and Noble. Oh, great. And I was going to see if maybe we could, I could record it. And we could put it into this podcast a little bit yeah, of our discussion. That's... Or we could release it like on Friday. Yeah. Okay, great. Because it won't be you interviewing her. But I just was like, right. I read the book and I, first of all, I'm, I'm going to send it to you because I think you will have such an interesting perspective on it as yes. well. Because you, Well, I know about the book because Lisa and I follow each other on Twitter. Shout out, Lisa, if you're listening. And I really like her. So I'm, I've been looking forward to the book. But I am, I mean, I cried like reading it and she's had a fascinating, really full journey and career and life and, you know, 
and has been treated so poorly, yeah. like, ha- you know, by by men, by the media, by, like, when she tried her hardest to, like, stay true to what she knew, you know? Like, and I think that, I think we, like, are very quick to, like, believe what others tell us about ourselves. Yeah. And about Well, all kinds of things, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting. And I, I don't know. I love, I really liked her book a lot. And it's, she was a real, you know, she really wanted to be a person, a reporter in sports. That was like always her dream. And because of like the way that she looked and because she was a woman and because of the time. Yeah. She was just really treated in so many ways so fucking horribly. Yeah. And I don't know. I just like, I think she's rad. Yeah. She's very cool. I really like her. I'm happy for all of her success and I'm looking forward to reading her book. Congratulations, Lisa. Yeah, I think, you know, I think all of us can identify with that. And it's so hard because, well, we've talked about this a million times, like every person I've ever worked for, and especially since social media has existed, will be like, send me like a comment or whatever on like a show that we just did, like, look what this person said about what we just did or whatever. And it's like some scathing you know, take down from someone in Oregon or whatever, you know? And we've talked about how there can be thousands of compliments, but it's the one complaint that sticks with you, you know? And um, and we've gotten ourselves into, like, a real pickle, you know? <laughs> really, because it's like, well, first of all, why do you believe that one complaint when it just, like again, statistically, is far outweighed by, like, the kudos or whatever, but that's the one that, like, gets to you. And why don't we just, like, say to people, like, what do you know? Like, what do you know about it? Like, even TV executives, you know what I mean? Well, honey, you and I did say we that did, We did. <laughs> we and did. I have to say, I have to say, because I've been thinking a lot about this, like, about what I'm at, like, you know, I've been in a real, this is a rebuilding moment in my life, you know? And I've been thinking about, like, the last time I had real clarity creatively was when we decided to do that show, when I decided to do that show, and then I fucking convinced your ass to move (laughs) to LA to do it with me because I knew you were the person to be with me. I just knew it. And I was so fucking clear about all of the things that I knew that anytime anyone said anything to me like in the network vibes or like on that side of like well it shouldn't you should just do it one day a week you should just do this you should just do that should we do right. should it be a daytime show I was like no it is this right and by the way show was canceled we were right <laughs> I'm not I'm you know what I mean yeah, like I no. still believe that all of those things were right yeah 
But I had the, like, I feel like I was able to have that clarity just because of like where I was at in that moment in time was like very in touch with my true self, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think that we go through these phases in our lives where we get away from that person and then we find that person again. And it's not that you're like, it's not that you're the same person all the time, you know, and you have to, but like your core, like your essence, like your person is, is the same. You are the same as you were when you were like a little precocious kid and you're you I'm talking about you now you know like (laughs) like like hanging out with the teachers no one (laughs) of our spirits was wanted to show up it was just the wind guys but like we you know like in our like core little beings like I do think that so many of us are running around like just we are those little kids right and like people just I don't know they come from like a very fear-based place and they that's why they hold on to these really reductive ideas and they have a hard time saying I'm sorry and they have a hard time admitting when someone else is like actually done a good thing because it's like they're just fucking babies but mostly that's just men yeah (laughs) it's interesting you know I was just talking and some really horrible women I was just talking to our friend Julia Duffy about because she sent me like love Julia Duffy so much she sent me a beautiful condolence email about my mom and I was just talking to her like a little bit about how it was and um you know and I think that sometimes people who who love you, even people who love you, will try to protect you from putting yourself out there because of like what's happened in their life. And that's a shame for their life. And someone should have stuck up for them when they were, you know, whatever happened to them that made them so afraid. But sometimes people who love you will try to protect you. The way I think the way that I said said it to Julia was that my mom had a habit of protecting me even from joy. And mm. I don't mm. I don't know I mean I could I could guess whatever we just we didn't talk that way. Um but I just think that she was so scared for me to like put myself out there and fail or to put myself out there And to succeed a little bit and have it taken away. So, you know, she would often say things like, you know. But that's where your hedging comes from, you know. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I know. I'm just saying, like, that's when you get, like, when you're like, well, we'll see if our tour does okay. And by the way, guys, um, we really do need to sell more tickets. (laughs) Like, this, this, I'm going to use this opportunity to say, like, don't prove Casey's like, I don't know. We'll see. Like, we have to sell more tickets. Can you guys come to Boston and San Francisco and uh, and New Jersey? Because if you don't, we aren't going to have any other tours. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, like, no, it's true. It's it true. It is true. They're big and venues. They're the big. big ve- Listen, but we need you to show the fuck up. So if you're like, oh, it's okay. They said they're probably going to do other tours. We probably won't if this doesn't work. <laughs> and I'm And I'm saying that only because... Like we have other shit where we're uh, we gotta just we gotta keep going. You know we what gotta I mean? Do like we love what works. You. Yeah, we gotta do what works, and we gotta say to the other stuff like we don't have time for you. We love you, 
And so if this doesn't work, we're just probably going to, that's probably going to be it. But <laughs> I, so yes, but, but yes, on your like hedging yeah. your, your thing, that's like where that comes from, right? Well my, like, well, my mom was also, you know, my mom was a scientist. She was, she was a biology teacher and she was great at math as well. And those are two things that I'm really passionate about. Sometimes, well, Listen, you could apply science to like why everybody's getting laid off and why every television platform is canceling everything. Because scientifically, there are only so many people in the world and there's only so many hours of attention. And so when you spend so much money on something and it doesn't garner the attention that it needs to become profitable enough for that platform that went out on a limb um, to continue with it, then that's when they pull the plug on it. And it seems unfair, but like you really could, if you got into the nitty gritty and like reading a report, you could see why some executive felt that they had the argument for it. But that's where, that's why TV sucks a lot because it's like, you know, it's a an act of like passion and creativity and love for us, but it's an act of science and numbers and hedging and investment for others, you know? So, and, and then in the end, the final decision is like based on numbers, but also based on an opinion. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, the numbers don't support my opinion for like going forward with this. And that's when it sucks because you put everything into it and you had all the faith in the world that it could grow and somebody else didn't, you know? And it, it so it's like two halves of a brain like coming together, but they're not even the brain of the same person. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but I like, I believe in pragmatism. I believe in setting yourself up for success and knocking it out of the park and exceeding success. But I also think that sometimes like people get out ahead of themselves a little bit and you know, you know what I mean? It's like when you're a little kid and you like, um, well, like you set up a lemonade stand and you think you're going to become a millionaire and it's just, it's not possible, but it is possible to like have a successful lemonade stand when you're a kid, you know? So I just, I do believe in pragmatism and I think it's the best way to succeed sometimes, but I think sometimes like it does come across as like fearfulness or like pessimism and it's really not that. It's just that I believe in like, looking at the truth of something and so that you can like succeed at it. And sometimes it sucks because the truth can be hard to hear. And sometimes the truth is someone's opinion, even though it's not the truth. Does that make sense? Like, like sometimes someone's opinion, you can disagree with it, but if they're the final word on something, what the fuck can you do? You know what I mean? And so we've been in that situation together. And and have had to live through it. But that's also why I think we're a good team, because I think you're like a huge dreamer and I'm a pragmatist. And I think that, you know, I try to hold you down so that you can have a shot at succeeding. And I think that you encourage me to push myself. And I think we're both ideas people. So that's well, not a we problem. We are definitely both ideas people. Yeah, yeah. But those are big fucking venues. You guys, you got to show up. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just do. Um, buy the tickets. 
and come see us and like there's probably going to be surprises. Well, there's definitely going to be guests that there's we're lining up. There's going to be guests. We have the guests. We have some guests lining up. We're working on some other guests. They're going to be, it's going to be so, it's going to be so fucking great. It's going to be so fun. If you're yeah. not, if you're not in the room when it happens, you're going to feel like burr. Yeah. FOMO. And we're all yeah. fucking Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how that turned out. Um, or maybe you don't, because maybe you didn't see Hamilton, but you should. Is it still on TV? Can you still see Hamilton? Sure. On okay. Disney Plus, I think for the yeah. rest in perpetuity, right? Um, it's a good one. But yeah, you really should come just because we're going to have a great time. We had such a great time in Toronto. And um, it's just a really personal thing. And it's hard to explain. Like, we didn't even know what was going to happen. And like... Yeah, it's just, it's it's such a personal experience, and I really think that it's a special thing, and I would love to see you there. I would love to see you motherfuckers there. <laughs> Get dressed up, put on some fucking sequins. We should have a different theme for each. Okay. I want to do, now don't hate me. Okay. I, I have this dress that's like, it looks like a prom dress. And I just want to do like one of our shows. Can one of our shows be fancy dress? Just wear it. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. All right. We'll we'll share with everyone what the what the themes are. <laughs> Come up with some themes. Okay, I, okay. I, Wait, bought let's, a, let's I bought a sequin suit, so I definitely want to wear it. Okay. Sequins is Sequins is San Francisco. San Francisco sequins. Okay. 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 So San Francisco is sequins. Guys, as many sequins, I want to see, I want to, I want you guys to be the fucking disco balls. I want you to be <laughs> disco balls. I want to see sequins left, right, and center. San Francisco, come out with your sequins on. <laughs> Boston is. I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about it. Okay. All right. We got to think about what bo what's Boston. What do we dress in like in Boston? It's Boston. a good. Boston. I mean, it's gonna be chilly probably. It's gonna. Yeah, but be... that's not fun. I know, but I I'm just you know again thinking pragmatically. You want to be comfortable. Boston, dress like your favorite Leonardo DiCaprio character. <laughs> <laughs> Boston. Um. Mm, what's what do they have in Boston? Lots of things. Uh, the Red Sox, the Celtics. I don't. I mean, that's just sports. I don't give a fuck. Um, the Affleck brothers. Uh, the Affleck brothers. You know, we do care about Dunkin' so Donuts. Maybe the theme is J Lo slash Duncan. Oh yes, J Lo mm -hmm. going to Duncan. Guys, the theme for Boston. Is Jennifer Lopez going to Dunkin' Donuts? Okay. That's your assignment for Boston. And then I want to do like the New Jersey is like homecoming dance. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes. And so you're going to your homecoming dance in New Jersey. Yeah. And that's that. What do you wear? If you're in, listen, if you're in New York, guys, it's real close. You just take a, <laughs> it's very close. I'm, I'm. 
Casey and I are actually coming from New York. New Jersey. Over to the Connecticut, Performing Center. New York. It's called the tri-state area for a reason. It's the tri-state area. And there so are why don't you, lots Why don't you special, try coming to see us? Lots of special guests there, guys. Lots of them. <gasps> oh, my goodness. When are we going to tell people who the special guests are? When, when is when it? When they show up. And then after, because they missed it. Sorry. And you weren't fucking there because you were like, I feel I'm like serious. I'm here. serious. No, I'm not. They're not. If you, if, if we're not enough for you to show up, then we need to know that. I'm not even kidding, Casey. Like if you can't, like if you're like, I would come, but oh, now that I know that Sarah Bareilles is going to be there, not don't know if she is, but like now I'm going to buy tickets. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. Your, your participation. You want a loyalty In test. our life. Yeah. Is not predicated on other people. You want this a pledge about, of allegiance. Yeah. This is about the relationship between <laughs> us, not the relationship between us and one other person yeah. that you like better than us. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Also, like, it doesn't, I don't know. You guys, you know, just come and have fun fun and cry and laugh. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. Guys, I couldn't have predicted that today I wouldn't be sobbing. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. All things are possible. Yeah. I'm glad you're not. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be sobbing, but did puke. Yeah, exactly. Who knows what's I'm gonna, having them. Um, who knows what's going to come out of your body at any time? That's right. But there will be drinks and merch, and we think <laughs> probably some, maybe a song or two. I hope so. We I hope so. Fingers crossed. Yeah. If you possibly also, possibly also, crab rangoon. <laughs> I'm definitely going to eat Crab Rangoon at some point. On one of the stages? On one of the stages. Um, it but- does feel like San Francisco's like the Crab Rangoon vibe because like I feel like I've had really good Crab Rangoon in San Francisco. I've never had it there, but I mean, I know that I learned about Crab Rangoon in Boston. So, you know. Maybe there's Duncan in the Maybe- lobby for everybody. <laughs> Maybe in... Oh shit! Now I'm like, now I'm really on one. We gotta get like, Josh Gondelman because he has like a Dunkin' Donuts card for life. Okay, I want to just say something real fast. I did do an ad for Dunkin' Donuts. They did not offer me that. I know. I'm like, how do you get that special Dunkin' Donuts for life treatment? I don't know, but I want it. Yes, of course. Who doesn't want that? You and listen, I'm loyal to everything. Like I like the Duncan merch. I like the Duncan makeup. They did like a makeup collaboration with some. I want. I, I want all of it. You know. So I'm not just okay. about the like coffee and chocolate covered. You know, chocolate covered is not even my favorite donut. I don't even know why I said that. I like vanilla with sprinkles. Yeah. I mean, I worked in another donut shop growing up and I no, still didn't. prefer Dunkin' Donuts. Well, it's because it's the best. It's it's like a thing. It's an institution. I didn't have it though growing up. So, well, I did when I was little, little, little in Chicago. I remember Chicago. time to make yeah. the donuts like yeah. that guy. That guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Bless. Yeah. You could also dress like him if you wanted to. I oh, don't know. Yeah, yeah sure. Because yeah, yeah. 
whatever, anything. Duncan I think we Donuts. should reach out. I do think we should reach out to Duncan for the Boston tour and see if we can work something out with them. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. You know what? I have. Wait, I'm going to make a note. Kirsten, are you in here? I don't know where she is. Our next partner has a product that we use literally every day. I'm talking about Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens, I mean, started because I had been taking so many different supplements and vitamins and I wanted just one thing. Right. One thing that I could do that I knew had quality ingredients that was going to offer me all of the benefits that I was looking for. And with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right or sometimes, honestly, middle of your day, get you going again. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy and recovery and aging and focus and all of the Yeah, and they say, you know, the best habit is the one that you can keep up. And Athletic Greens is so easy for me to keep up. It's literally been a couple years now and it's just made a huge difference in the ease of my life and then how good I feel living my life. I mean, it's also affordable, less than three bucks a day. You're investing in your health. It's like easy to fit into any lifestyle or diet, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. There's less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs. There's no chemicals, no artificial anything. And it wildly still tastes really good. Tastes good. Listen, lots of people are committed to multivitamins or lots of supplements. AG1 is one small micro habit with big benefits. And Your subscription will come with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is honestly so important, especially if you're like me and you move to a place that doesn't have the sun that you need because you're a lizard on a rock and (laughs) you want more sun. But anyway, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially because we are just constantly being bombarded with people coughing in our faces, guys. Uh, True. Yeah, no, people need to stop that. But in the meantime, take your athletic greens. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Just the one scoop. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs, which I find very useful. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Guys, big news. Have a new assistant. Yay. Well, I mean, it's, it is, it's very good for Casey. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone should be fucking happy about it, 
It is Casey St. Ange. I think mostly it'll be good for you. And I think that's good. Of course. Of course. But like you also, it's hard to be in a professional relationship with someone who's got 47 fucking things happening at all times and is like, oh shit, I scheduled X with Y with a Z and I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Oh, wait. You know what? What? Sorry, I'm all over the place today. It was the puke gang. Um, So Kirsten's my new assistant. Yes. I want to make a note about the Dunkin' Donuts thing. Okay. I'm doing that book talk tonight. Exciting. I think think you'll be proud of me. I dropped out of the 54 Below show. You did. But here's why I, here's what I, here's what I did. Or here's why and what and et cetera. It was last night. Yeah. Um, I realized over the weekend I was like learning the song and I had gone to the rehearsal, which by the way, bless their hearts because I showed up and was like still was in the like couldn't like was still crying pretty much yeah, constantly like yeah. all day. Yeah. And like was like, I'm fine. Just like all this. I didn't learn that song. <laughs> like cry, whatever. And uh And I was really thinking about it. And I was like, I like performing on stage. I like, I like singing on stage. I love like doing my shows at Largo. I would, I'm like excited. I would love to do a show, be a part of a cabaret or something at 54 below in the future in this moment right now. But when I do it, it, I get, I get, there's a lot of like adrenaline. I get very nervous. I'm like, concerned about it I am a perfectionist so I like to make sure that it's like you know it takes it's a lot of energy and a lot of it takes a lot of me like I have to in order to when I when I do live performances yeah and our podcast is no different to be honest our live podcast not this podcast because I'm just in my apartment but I mean like a live podcast (laughs) in front of people and I realized over the weekend and reached out to them because I was like, you know what? There's a version of me from times gone by that I would be like, I I have to do it. I have to show up. I have to push through this. Right. And like, and then I thought about it and I was like, or I could take one thing off of my plate and explain to them like I'm just kind of not emotionally in a place right now where I can show up in the way that I would want to and I I'm gonna be really stressed out about it and I'm trying to like be kinder to myself in that way yeah um but I'd love to do something in the future if we can you know yeah yeah and they're so unbelievably kind about it and like lovely and whatever and I immediately felt a little bit better because I realized I like was taking care of myself, you know, like, yeah. And I don't know, like, I'm not saying that, like, I've often been, I often get like annoyed with people that bail on things for personal reasons. Okay. Yeah. I'm just being honest because I've never been a person that bails for personal reasons, no matter fucking come... I mean, 
I've been talking recently. I was talking to Jenny Connor recently about a play I did in high school, House of Blue Leaves, because I had this like weird idea. Jenny Mullen was in it too. But I had this weird idea about it. And and I remembered as I was talking about it that like I had like just had my abortion when I did that play. Right. And like was a wreck and was like one of the leads of this play at my school and was just so like threw myself into it, you know, as like a distraction. Right. Truly. But I think that that's always been kind of like a part of my coping mechanisms is to throw myself into the work stuff or into like my creative endeavors to not have to sit with like the pain of whatever I'm experiencing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I could feel that like inclination sort of starting last week. And then I was like, you don't have to do that. You can like also just be nice to yourself and yeah, chill out. Anyway. I think that's so great. A couple of things. I mean, I don't, think you'll be offended by me saying you're a little bit of a runner. You know what I mean? Like when, when yeah, I'm a runner, <laughs> when something upsets you, you are like, it, it's like a game of dodgeball is happening. Like you are not going to get hit by that thing. You're like, I'm not going to let this thing hit me. And so That's no right. matter whether I have to go left, right, up or down, or you're just getting away from that thing. But I think the thing is, is like, it's not a game of dodgeball. No one's going to blow a whistle and the things are going to stop coming. You can run. You can run 3,000, 10,000, 100,000 miles. But when you stop, that thing is going to come for you, you know? Right. And I mean, that's what happened. Honestly, that's what happened in my marriage, right? Like, yeah, I was fucking running for so long. And then when Cougar Town was over and I mean, it's very easy to like avoid things that are that need addressing it just is and everybody everybody does does it everybody does it everybody does it in 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 many different ways you know I was just thinking like in the smallest ways like I I've said before uh even when I'm watching a tv show that has uncomfortable scenes I pick up my phone and I'm like oh I just have to check you never have to check shit. I don't have, I'm not that important. I don't have to check shit. It's just that I'm uncomfortable and I can't sit through that. Also, same thing. My husband, whenever I would ask him a question, like, you know, just say like, Hey, the floors in the house are really bad and they're in bad repair. I think we should think about trying to save up to get the floors refinished. And then he'd be like, I think we should try to save up to take a trip to Acapulco or whatever, like a joke answer. And I'm like, if you say a joke answer to like a serious thing that I'm talking about, but it's like even the suggestion of like refinishing the floors is uncomfortable for some people because it's daunting. You know what I mean? And so then when you're talking about 
emotional things like something's not right in the marriage or something feels not right with my life, uh, then, you know, that would prompt you to do even bigger things than saying a jokey answer or pick up your phone. Right. Well, and and I think it's easy. Like our lives are all, you know, like we've all been sort of tricked into what we're supposed to be doing as adults, right? right? Like, and maybe younger generations have it more figured out. I mean, just in my experience, they like definitely don't work as much. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, I mean, they just don't like, they're just not, it's not the same. They're just like, why? Why are, why would we do that? Like, why do we, and, and the truth is, I'm like, I'm not even mad at it at this point. I'm like, they're fucking right. I think like, they've looked why? at the whole equation is yes. that like, you know, we were always told like if you work hard and you devote your life and you're loyal to a company, then it will benefit you in the long run. And I think that people younger than us know that that is a story that people tell you to get you to fall in line because they've seen time and time again where, you know, companies aren't families and they aren't loyal back to you and that, you know, that not always is hard work rewarded in that way. And very often, little it's, to... Uh, by, by, very often, it's not at all. Right. Yeah. And very uh-huh. often, little to no work uh, is rewarded because, like, you're a member of a prominent family or, you know, your parents are wealthy or whatever. Or you're so, a man. Exactly. Exactly. So I just think they they caught on to the gag faster than we did. Uh, that's what I'm saying, too. Yeah. And I yeah. think that, like, I, like, respect it as opposed to being one of the people who are like people just don't want to work they need to work more like right right. honestly why like right no i'm right in full support of like (laughs) people knowing their worth and knowing that there's more to life than like fucking the grind you know right And taking care of the shit that matters to them and taking time for themselves and their like mental health and their well-being and their family's well-being. Right. And it it was so I know we've like talked about this before, but I I do still think because we're still coming out of this like the pandemic shut down like what that did for to all of us and like I don't know how wild that was. Yeah. But also that like, I think in those early weeks, a lot of people had the realization that like, I haven't stopped for years, you know, and it's not a bad thing. Right. Yeah. It's your life. You literally only get the one. You know, and then when you count up how many hours you've spent doing like, okay, if your job brings you all the joy in the world and it is the true joy of your life, then it is no shame to have spent so many hours of your life doing it. But if you're like just doing a job to provide for your family and 
that somehow translates into like spending a lot of the money that you're earning from hours away from your family on taking care of paying someone to take care of your family. Like it starts to not make sense. And I think that's what a lot of people had to like finally had a minute to like look at the equation and be like, this is fucked up. And we've only started to like scratch the surface of the fucked upness of it because it's like that, you know, this is just women, like women learning that like, oh shit, if my kids don't go to school and I am working from home, I'm also expected to take care of my kids at home, but also like my partner works at home and he is thriving and he's like more relaxed than ever. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, threadbare i'm like worn out and i'm i can't do this one day more and you know so we're still we still have to work on like the equal partnership thing and i'm talking from a place of extreme privilege because i've said a number of times my husband has done more than his fair share of taking care of our kids in our time together he's just like that i just always knew he was going to be a great dad I it's something that I took really seriously and thought really hard about before we well that I mean we got surprise pregnant the first time but I mean <laughs> we That's wanted to, we wanted to have children it just happened sooner than we thought it would be and the reason why I didn't panic is because I knew he'd be great it just was sooner than we thought um but I always knew he'd be great because he, you know, he just never has been the kind of person that's like, here's what you do and here's what I do and your list is a bunch of Cinderella shit and my list is a bunch of career shit. It just has never been like that for us. So really, you know, we haven't had a perfect relationship. We've had things that we've had to work on and we've had our issues, but that was never an issue. It has always been, you know better than 50-50. Uh, better is not the right word, but he's he's done more than half of the job. So, which is like, it used to make me kind of laugh in at the preschool because I would literally see like women drooling over my husband and I'd be like, what is, oh, it, it's like he does shit. Like he, like he straps the baby on and like he's here at this school as often more often than I am that's what it is that's why everybody loves him you know my like famous story from that field trip in elementary school um I mean cricket's still in elementary school but it was cricket and I had like flown to New York for this for a commercial job you know one of those things Uh like they're hard on me. Like, they're just hard, you yeah, know? Yeah, they wear you out. They wear you out. Like, I... And I essentially, like... It was brutal. I, like, yeah. flew in for, like, uh, did the job, worked all day. Then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get on that 9 p.m. flight back to Los Angeles that lands at 1 in the morning because I had signed up to be a mom on the, like, field trip, you yeah. know? And Cricket was really looking forward to it. And then, like, the way that the job thing worked out, like, I just had to be there that day. You know, like, I... Whatever. So, like, just killing myself to get back. Got back. Was so exhausted. Woke up 
early the next morning went to do this field trip and there was like one dad on the field trip. Yeah. And it you guys you would have thought that he was like I mean you would have thought I don't know that he was like like a magical little elf. You know what I mean? <laughs> that like all of the teachers and the other moms and like just like all of it. And I was yeah. like Guys, <laughs> not that I'm going to like tell you all what I did to be here, but then I like found I like literally heard myself kind of saying it right. to other people. Like, and I was like, and how it would sound, f-. yeah, yeah. But I was like, shut up, just like no, I did say it, like I said it out loud <laughs> to someone. And then I was like, just shut the fuck up, no one cares. They just like they've they're seen just a, always going to be seen impressed. A unicorn. They're going to be impressed by a man showing up right right and like I know you just like literally killed yourself to get back here yeah but no one cares yeah it just is what it is well it's like have you seen that viral video of that woman singing the song about people telling her husband he's a good dad like and all this shit that she does. And then people are like, you're a good dad. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yes, you should you should be a good dad. Like it it should go without saying. Uh, so that always is like a weird situation when you're in a good dad situation. How people are like, yes, just want to celebrate the shit out of like somebody doing what they should be doing. And like, so that's why really often like I try to tell moms you're doing a good job because I know moms never fucking hear it never hear it and I also remember the time when you know the times when your kids are just like a wild handful telling you that they hate you that you're ugly that you know can I tell you something (laughs) can I just tell you something really fast yeah I I do want to say something that like I've been thinking about in the last few days honestly the most like fucked up people I know had terrible fathers. For sure. I know, but wait, listen. Yeah. I know a lot of complicated I know a lot of people who had bad moms. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, or like whose mom's complications with their mom. But the ones that had the bad dads, like really bad dads, yeah. are the ones that are like real bad. Yeah. Fucked in the head. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, I mean, I'm sure. And I've been trying to figure it out. I think it's probably because, like, because societally, the dad has been held up as the head of the household. And so if you're in a bad dad situation, it just affects everything because it affects everyone. It affects the way, and, you know, by the same token, like a, a really, a a mother who was really difficult or whatever would also affect the dad. But like the, uh, the bad dad in a house like affects the mom affects the Mm -hmm, way that she's mm -hmm, able to mm -hmm. take care of the children Mm -hmm. affects often like the socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. of, you know, and also I think probably um, in a lot of cases, a lot of excuses are made for terrible fathers and a lot of covering. So, you know, I was Mm -hmm. just, uh, 
thinking about you just reminded me of um our friend Seth Rudetsky, who was uh in our him. QVC holiday special. We have to get him on the mm-hmm. podcast because he's uh so so funny. Um but he gave me a book that he read when his brother passed away. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that story, but maybe he'll talk about it a little bit. It's not a story. It's like what really happened in his life. But um, he sent me this book that uh, was really interesting. And I'm sure a lot of people will be like naysayers about the book, but it was a really good read. It's called Many Lives, Many Masters. And, oh, yeah. I've uh, heard of Yeah. I've, it was like a massive. have that book. Probably. It was a massive it. bestseller when uh-huh. it came out. And it's about, uh, you know, this, this guy who's uh, a therapist or a psychiatrist or whatever. And um, he becomes convinced that in uh, convinced of the the reality of reincarnation because of this one uh, patient that he takes on. And the book is definitely of a time. Like it's very, the way that he talks about this woman sometimes is like, he's like, it ha- reincarnation has to be true because what she's saying is so much smarter basically than what she'd be able to say in real life. It's so much smarter than like, yeah, than who she is now. But um, the reason that you reminded me that I read it recently is because like this woman, this patient that he's talking about, like it just talks about how the, the father was a drinker and how they had to go like pull him out of bars all the time. And, you know, like the kids had to go and like drag him out of a bar or whatever. And like, we all know, a kid like that we all know uh you know who had to had to live like that and that just like it just really put me in this place of like and by the way I didn't know a kid like that I knew a hundred kids like that who had to like go pull their dads out of bars and and you know um I just it it just put me in this place of remembering like what that does to like your entire life like why can't anything be easy? And I certainly had to like, you know, I never had to pull my dad out of a bar, but I certainly had to tap him on the shoulder and tell him it was time to go from somewhere. And uh, I certainly spent many weekends wondering where he was at all, Um, you know, and it just... Oh, I know. It just, (laughs) I know you know, it just makes it impossible to just fucking like live your life the way you're supposed to live your life, you know, especially when you don't, when you don't feel, yeah, when you're not safe, you're not safe and like you just, you're not taken care of. Yeah. And you're just stuck and, and And you're you're on your own. You're stuck in this place. You're on your own. Your mom's trying to deal with it, you know, and like it again, like if they're, if someone's not where they're supposed to be for the entire weekend. They might be skipping work or they might be, you know, and you're making apologies to people who they've let down. I don't know. It's just a lot. It's a lot. And so I think it's that... It's a lot for little people. It's a lot for little people. It's a lot for women to deal with. And I think we're, like, hopefully in a different place. But, like, I think here's what we're... What we know to be true is that, like... And I don't want to make sweeping generalizations about people, but I think it's more true that when men are having a hard time and they're breaking down and the wheels are falling off the bus, it's like they don't often just have that breakdown by themselves. They're throwing a wrench into 
where you know whatever like it, it like men don't like to suffer alone i guess is that does that make sense yes. like it's that like i'm having a hard time i'm miserable i'm having a hard time moving forward i'm going to make it so that the people around me or even like maybe people i don't even know can't move forward either and so mm. i think the same mechanism that you see like mm. when a man is like lobbing a bomb into his family over and over and just making it hard for everyone um, because of the hard time that he's going through. I think on a larger scale, that's what we see when we see like these mass shooters, like a man is having a hard time and he doesn't know what to do. And so like by some thought process arrives at like that, the best choice is to get a gun and make it impossible for a bunch of people to move forward with their lives, like even random strangers. And um, so that's like, it's a fucking scary, it's a scary place, you know, like it. And again, like I don't want to make generalizations and say Mm. that there's never been a mom who has made things difficult or there's never been a woman who has like, shot someone who doesn't deserve it. I just think if you look at the pattern, it's some something's going wrong. Something's going wrong with men. men. Yeah. No, something's definitely wrong with men. Yeah. So like and by the way, they should like want to fix it. They should want to fix it. And what's so wild to me is that like a lot of them don't. Right. Okay. This is now I'm sad. I, I now, gotta, well, I, I do I want to I want to say in I would like to say in the case of the Monterey Park shooting which is so close to where I so live. Devastating. So close to and where Monterey our Park is just amazing and It's like, a beautiful place and the the Asian community there was celebrating Lunar New Year. That's where the incident happened. Um our friend Mike lived very close, lives very close by there. And so I was very relieved to hear that he and his family are okay. He Mike worked on busy tonight. Um, in that case, a man without a gun, his name was Brandon Say, I believe. Yeah. A man I saw that video. It's in you it's can really see, incredible. Yeah. I mean if you're if you're feel like you are able to watch it, it's really incredible. I didn't have a choice. Katie Couric just had it on her <laughs> Instagram and I just saw you, it today. Yeah, I mean I was I was a little scared to watch it. Um but I, even same. even though I knew I knew the outcome, I just was a little scared to watch it. But this guy who didn't have a gun at all just was like oh, just fuck now. He got was, that, was literally like absolutely yeah, not. Yeah. Just got that gun away from that man before he could hurt anyone else. And because who knows, like, what the, you know, what his plans were. Well, he had um, gone, I mean, I think we could know what his plans are. Right, because right. He yeah. had already. Yeah. Do they know anything more, like, his motive or anything? Not that it fucking matters, but... It, I mean, oh, it's I so confusing on the day of so the confusing. on the day of the incident. I heard that it was like a domestic, you know, a domestic dispute. But I don't know that that's Shocking. true. Yeah, it just, you know, as I said to you in a text, it's always a man with a gun who th- believes he has a reason and it's never a reason. But that's but that's, it is always a man with a gun. Right. And so that's one of the things that's broken. But also. 
the guns. We don't like we we can't have both of those things. We shouldn't have either, but we can't have we can't have a situation where men think that the solution to a rough time is is outward violence on others. Right. And then we we can't provide mm-hmm. those tools of violence to just anyone who feels like having one. We just can't. And the, no. again, going back to the discussion we had earlier, you can see the numbers. You can see the numbers confirming the patterns that when there's fewer guns, there are fewer incidences like this. If you choose not to believe those numbers, I don't know what to tell you. You are lying to yourself. And it will, you know, talk about running. You think you can run from something like this, but it's going to catch up. The way that we're going, it's going to catch up to you or someone that you know in your lifetime. And we cannot, we can't afford to not take things seriously until they happen to us personally. That's, we fucking do it with COVID. You know, how many people are like, this isn't a real thing. Oops, I died. You know, like it... Same with gun violence. Like, people are like, it's not a problem because it's not a problem for me. It hasn't been a problem for me. But I just strongly feel that it will be eventually if we keep down this road. So, you know, the numbers bear that out. The numbers show a pattern. And if you're not seeing it, if you can't admit that that's the truth of the matter, then, you know, then that's a problem too. Well, I know that you guys, that you all know this, yeah. know these things and are with us. And we love you for that. <laughs> I love you for too. all the things. I really yeah. do. Yeah. So I have this energy healer now. Oh, <laughs> that's also big news. An energy healer and an assistant. Okay. First of all, the energy healer has been around for a while, but like, oh, okay. I haven't been like, sort of like consistent. Yeah. But in recent <clears throat> times, obviously, I felt I need a little bit more help, support yeah. in moving through a lot of my very big emotions, yeah. you see, that yeah. I've been having recently yeah. due to life circumstances and other people. Yeah. Um, and I really think it's really helping. Good. I What's know. it like? Explain what energy healing is like for I don't know if I can. someone like but, me who's never okay, done something like that. I don't know. But maybe when you're here, maybe when you're here, you can see her. Okay. So I've sent other friends to her before uh-huh. and they've had like interesting experiences. But it's Reiki. She does Reiki. Okay. Which is like a very light touch type thing. Okay. And really subtle Sometimes not touching at all. Oh, okay. Sometimes they don't touch you at all. You don't take your clothes off. It's not like it's not like a massage or anything. Like, oh, okay. I think Jason Siegel's sister Allie is a Reiki practitioner. Oh, I is believe. she? That's I cool. believe so, yeah. Um, well anyway, I don't know about that, but I do know that it just kind of works for me. Yeah. And you just like you like just feel different when it's over. I don't know. Yeah. I see for me, my eyes are closed. And for me, like, I see lots of like different colors and things. Yes. And then, yeah. like, 
and the colors kind of change. But then I also have like very specific thoughts that come in and out like or and sometimes it's like I like almost like I see scenes either from my life or like scenes of things that I wish or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like I see pictures in my head. Um, Occasionally like words show up in my head or images of things like this last session that I had yesterday at the end of it. And I knew it was like, and that's the other thing that's weird. I always know when it's like coming to an end. Like I feel it like it's weird and I don't know. Um, and it's different times. Yeah. It's not like it's always like 25 minutes or whatever. Like it's right. like she does it for as much as I need or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it was like these big, bright purple flowers at the end. Oh. It was like really cool. That's very cool. It felt like, yeah, like almost like I needed to like go get those flowers, like think about those flowers and like. Oh, I love that. I don't know. It sounds very similar to my experience with like a sensory deprivation flotation tank, which I have done and I love. Uh, I think all about like, I think a lot of resetting, I think that resetting like your nervous system is important. And like, I think that that's why Oprah's like meditation push. Like, I I feel like meditation is probably like a version, like a very similar thing of like energy healing do you know what I mean or like the deprivation tank or the floating in water or whatever like yeah or sometimes or you know sauna or whatever it is that you do to kind of like sit still or gently float or whatever and kind of just like reset your nervous system because I think we're just like all like you said I am a runner like but but I, you know, but I also get overwhelmed by feelings. I get over, like, you know, I'm like catching them as I'm running, like, you know, and I think to just like be still with my body and myself, like resets something. I don't know. It seems to me, it seems, I will say, I just feel much more, I've had two sessions since last we spoke and I think like I I sound more like myself and like I feel like I'm more grounded and like more in my body yeah and it's not to say like I cried last night like I'm not over crying I'm just saying like you know about like my whole everything but like I just feel like I'm able to be kind of like more centered by taking that time to myself. It's interesting you should say that. I think it's a couple of things. I think there is a huge benefit, no matter what the adjunct connected thing, whether someone's like gently touching you, whether you're getting a full massage, whether you're meditating, which can be absolutely free, whether you're floating in a flotation tank, whether it's like a full sensory deprivation tank, maybe it's like going for a ride on a bike or a walk with headphones in, listening to an app, 
um, that doesn't necessarily have to be meditation. If you don't like that, I lo- I used to love uh, binaural beats, which are just like these beats that sort of like I don't know. They're supposed to do something different things to your brain, which some people are scared of. I think it's cool, but I think doing anything like that where you are sometimes still, for the most part, still, or you're you're not like you're not doing anything that isn't for you at that moment. So you're still and you're quiet and nobody's coming into your head with their thoughts and their demands and their Mm. needs. You're just having your own thoughts in your own space. I think that is so beneficial for all of us because, I mean, if you don't do any of those things, think about the last time you had that. Like that was non-sleep, non-collapsing into your bed and passing out. When is the last time you just sat quietly or like moved gently with your own thoughts and no other intrusions, you know, where where people couldn't even get to you in, the, in that way? You know what I mean? It's like, it's so few and far between. I think it's why people sit in their cars in their driveways so much because we fucking deprive ourselves of those times of being still and quiet and uninterrupted. But, but... And so people are like, let me sit in my driveway and listen to this Alanis song that's on the radio because you're trying to steal it back. You're trying to steal it back. But I'm going to say, I think we've made the mistake. I know I have... I'm not going to say we. I'm going to say I. And if you relate, bless. I think that (laughs) I've made the mistake of using devices as my downtime. Yes. When in fact that doesn't provide the thing, the break that I need. It right. puts more things into into my brain and into my nervous system to activate it, you know? Yes. And like, I'm not going to stop fucking looking at Instagram, guys. I, I'm, that's just a given. Right. So I guess for me, the piece has to be carving out other time to do the reset, you know? Right, right. Um, Casey, I love you so much. I think this has to be a short podcast because I have to go do that book talk. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Um, what are you doing your best at this week? Taking care of myself. That's good. That's that's all we can do, right? Mm-hmm. Take care of ourselves. <gasps> oh, and can I tell you two other things? Yes. Real fast. Please. Taking care of myself is what I'm doing my best at this week. Um, my energy healer's like, I was like, she goes, uh, what's one thing you want to celebrate this week? And I was like, do you listen to my podcast? And she's like, I haven't yet. I want to. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's just, we ask each other what we're doing our best at each week, yeah. but it's cute. It's like a very similar, it's like a version yeah. of events, right? Yeah. But I want to just tell you like, Two things that I feel like are worth shouting out. Yeah. Number one is that I pulled a gratitude card, you know? Yeah. And uh, I really liked what it said. And Mark was nearby. And I was like, oh, here, pull one. Pull pull one of these things. See what it says. And his was... um, Compared to what we feared in the worst moments, this feels almost okay. And, oh no, it's going to make me cry. 
But I was like, that is it. Like that's so, and it's, we've, we've worked really hard to be okay and to be okay for our kids and for each other and all that stuff. And it's a work in progress and it's never, you know, like when you change your relationship with somebody, it goes through different moments, you know? But because we had these kids together, like we were just very committed and maybe even he more than me in moments to making it okay. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. That's number one. (laughs) Number two is that Birdie and I had the nicest time. And I was laughing so hard, just the two of us, when we came up with my top five worst parenting fails of all <laughs> of, of her life. And I just want to say, if you have like a moment to bond with a teenager, it's a pretty funny thing to do. I mean, and some of them were like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to talk about it here. Yeah. There was one or two that was like pretty fucking dark. Like yeah. of like things, fuck, fuck ups that I did yeah. as a parent, you know, that like at least we were like, t- like we talk, we can talk about it. And I'm like, I will never tell you like that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, like, right. yes. Just- I know. We all have our families. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I will never tell you that that your experience was not real. Like right. I, that, and I'm so sorry. And like, and it also gave me a chance. Like we were like laughing about it and I was adding to the things too. But like, it also gave me a chance to say to Birdie at like this age, which again, I'll say again when they're older, like whatever, but just like, ah, I really wish I hadn't done that. I'm so sorry. That really sucked. Anyway, I just wanted to offer that. And then I think that's so great that, you know, even whether it's in a joking way or whatever, to be open to hearing how, you know, how you weren't perfect. And well, it was both. I mean, we were like, we were laughing about it, but it was like, we were some of it, like, you know, but we were like, definitely like, they were real things where I was yeah. like, oh my God, how about the time? Do you want to, t- I will tell you one that's insane. Please, please. I'm going to tell you one. So in the DBT therapy, part of the thing, and actually Chrissy Teigen's talked about this, like, you know, there's this idea like of putting your frontal head in cold water when you're having right. like a thing just to like, cause it's, I don't know guys, it activates just something. Like, yeah. No, there's like, there's Short like. Short circuits, like. A loop and it, or whatever. And it, right. And it like makes you. Okay. So Birdie. This was like not that. I mean, this was like a year or something plus ago. But yeah. we had like sort of just started doing the DBT thing and learning about it. No, it was like a year and a half, two years ago. And Birdie was having one of like a, a, a outburst slash like spiral slash like out like out of control thing. Yeah. And so I threw water at her. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which right. did not do the intended 
thing. Yeah. But was actually so shocking to like Mark and Birdie and me. And Birdie was like, why would you throw cold water on me? And I'm like, I thought that's what we're supposed to do for the DBT therapy. She's like, no, I'm supposed to put my own head in water. You're not, apparently you're not supposed to throw water at your child when they're having a panic. I mean, that's also a fame. That's like a version of a famous story in our family is that I think I've thrown Your snowball, your snowball fight, s- snowball fight. But I've also thrown water on my kids. And I think also a glass of orange soda on my kids one time. But luckily they laughed every time because it was like it was a like very tense moment where they were like, you would never. And I'm like, don't tell me what I would never do. I would absolutely I work with the real housewives. You know what I'm saying? I will one hundo throw a glass of water or orange juice in your face. Well, it didn't. In my experience, the laughing was not the reaction. <laughs> and um, and it wasn't also like anything that the therapist had like suggested I do. It right. was like I just sort of, I went rogue thinking that it was the thing. Right. Well, now you know, you know. what? It's on the list. It's not the top, but it is on the list. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. And I feel like it was like cathartic for both of us. And like, I just don't want, I don't know, whatever. I think it's, I think it was really great. So that's what I'm saying about everything. Casey, what are you doing your best at this week? I have just been, you know, doing my best you know I'm just trying to do the the lawyer from my mom's estate gave me a checklist of things that I need to complete and it's been frustrating because it's very circular not the list but just everything you try to do you need a document that doesn't exist because it wasn't put in place before this happened and so you know you're supposed to do this thing right away but it takes many months to get a document after the fact. And so just all of that. And then like asking for help. Like I just asked Matt yesterday, like here are three specific things that I really need you to do for me. They're not hard things. They're just things that I don't feel ready or able to do. And so if you can just make this call and you be the one to tell me this information, um, that would be helpful. And then I'm just trying to like do shit, accomplish shit. Like, you know, just cleaning out my closets and maintaining my skincare routine, my new skincare, and reading some books and things like that, because that is that is a life. That's a life. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, and that's what you have you do. to do to keep, you know, to keep to having keep days. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I feel like I feel like the same with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel good or it doesn't feel right. You feel like you shouldn't be doing something that you're doing because it's not appropriate or whatever. But there is no, there is no appropriate. And, you know, and as you were talking about, like, the way that, like, Reiki or energy healing works, I also think that there's something to, like, more than whatever the benefits are of something like massage or meditation or Reiki, I think there's something to just giving yourself some consideration and caring for yourself. I know we the word self-care have been used so much in the past several years that they have ceased to mean anything. But I think that, you know, 
getting like a way to sell shit. A way right? to sell shit. Yeah. Right. I think like going to get your teeth cleaned when you need to get your teeth cleaned because you haven't given that to yourself in a while. That is like, yes, it's self-care, but I think it also makes you feel like a million fucking dollars because you said yes to yourself in a way that you say yes to other people a million times every day and haven't said yes to yourself in a long time. And so like there's benefits above and beyond having clean teeth. There's benefits above and beyond getting your hair trimmed. There's benefits above and beyond like the exercise that you get when you walk around the block. You also get like this little boost from having said yes to yourself and that is like a space I think where you know pretty magical things can happen for you maybe when you start saying yes to yourself like what the fuck difference does it make that like the dishes aren't put away you know what I mean for while you take a walk for 10 minutes it's okay you'll get back to it and and you will if you let yourself, if you say yes to yourself, and I'm not talking about like major things. I'm not talking about like buying yourself, you know, a $60,000 car. I'm talking about like going for a fucking walk or washing your face with nice smelling face wash. Those aren't major things. They're not going to change your life in the way that. Also, I do want to say, guys, I still have been doing this and I highly recommend it if you are like me and you're like a recovering um shopping as a way of making yourself feel better um fill that cart girl yeah and just just leave it. don't check out just don't check out <laughs> i did i did do that i have to say i did that like a couple times this weekend well i think i did it once this weekend yeah. i just filled that cart and then i was like She's not buying that stuff. Yeah, because that's a whole conversation for like another time when you have time about how like sometimes buying the things like feels good in the second, but then it becomes like a burden to you. It becomes a burden because then you have too much and you have all these things that you don't need and you have guilt. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, just saying yes to yourself about small things. I've been trying to do that. And like that even includes like, you know, Making my bed, which seems like a task, but it's also like something that gives me a lot of joy to see a made bed. And I know it's so stupid. Uh, no, it's not. Because <laughs> getting into a made bed at the end of the night is, is the one best of thing. life's pleasures. And P.S. Like I work at home, so I look at my bed a fucking thousand times a day. It's not like I'm leaving the house and forgetting about it. So like seeing it made makes a huge difference. And so, you know, that's just what I'm doing my best at. Just saying yes and being like, you can do this. And if you can't do it, you have someone here who has said that they will help you. And um, thank you so much to everybody that suggested the microfiber wristbands for washing your face. I haven't gotten them yet, but I have hope that it will uh, make a difference in like that icky feeling that I have from water running down my arms. And, uh, you know, so I'll, you know, I'll give it a try and I'll let you know what you, what I think. Casey, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. And you're just one of my favorite people. Thank you. That means a lot. You're one of mine. I love you. I love you too. I'm and really we, excited to see you live in person. I know. It's going to be exciting. Guys, um, come join us so you don't come, miss out on all the fun. Come 
join us. We will be so excited to see you and uh, so excited for you to find out who our special surprise guests are. And we love you. So that's you. like, you know, why wouldn't you want to really come? Love you. Why wouldn't you want to come see some people who love you and who are happy to tell you that they love you? Um, all right, guys. We're going to talk to you so soon. Talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye. Oh, no.